Hi there. Can you believe that by 2030, if you want to buy a new vehicle in the UK, it won't be petrol or diesel. You'll have to buy an electric vehicle or EV. Imagine this future where petrol and diesel engines are no more. Welcome to Adept English, where we're dedicated to helping you master the English language, but we cover interesting topics. Stick around to the end of this podcast to hear about some concerns on EVs that may change how you feel about them. Hello, I'm Hilary and you're listening to Adept English. We will help you to speak English fluently. All you have to do is listen. So start listening now and find out how it works. Electric vehicles is a topic I've covered before. Go back to podcast 275 on our website at adeptenglish.com to hear more. But that podcast was back in 2019. So let's see how the pictures changed since then. Where are we up to in 2023 with electric vehicles? The UK is going full speed ahead to replace petrol and diesel cars with electric vehicles. It sounds great, but are we going to be ready by 2030? So there's a government set target of no new petrol or diesel cars by 2030. This is, of course, aimed at reducing carbon emissions, CO2 to be precise, because it's believed to contribute to global warming. It would also be great to get rid of particulates as they're damaging to our health and to our environment. So there's much discussion about this target, T-A-R-G-E-T, and it means a goal, an aim. Much discussion about whether this target is actually going to be met. Is it practical? Currently, only around 20% of new cars are electric vehicles. It is a start. And just this week, Stellantis, a brand new car factory at Ellesmere Port near Liverpool, began production, started making electric vehicles. And it's not alone. BMW is planning to make more electric minis at its plant in Oxfordshire. Ford is preparing to make more EVs at its Halewood plant. And also Nissan in Sunderland are going to be making the Nissan Leaf. So it's great that manufacturers are stepping up their production and making more electric vehicles. Obviously, it's in the interest of the manufacturers as they won't be able to sell new cars after 2030 if they don't make EVs. But all of these projects are currently receiving quite a lot of government money to get them to happen, taxpayers' money. So the concern is, will the production of EVs be commercially viable? That means able to make money for businesses before 2030. Let's tackle some of the roadblocks on the journey to a future of electric cars. Firstly, the cost. Electric vehicles used to be a luxury item that most people couldn't afford. £40,000 for a car, that's beyond what most people can pay. We can't have a situation where owning a car is the privilege of the well-off. But guess what? Prices are dropping. Take the Citroen Ami. The price of this in the UK, 7695 Seems very reasonable. That was until I saw a photograph of this car. Did they really need to make it that ugly? Ugh, that's an ugly car. A better one, perhaps? The MG. Their electric vehicle comes in around the £8,000 mark, so still quite pricey, but affordable as a new car. It's made in China, and at least that one looks like a normal car. 
So yes, progress is being made on how affordable these cars are, on affordability, in other words. That's good. One of the other much discussed problems of electric vehicles is range. That's R-A-N-G-E. And it means how far can the car go on a single charge? With older models of EV, you'd be lucky to get 150 miles for a charge. But things are looking up. They're improving. Manufacturers are now saying that the latest EVs have a range of around 400 miles. That's quite acceptable. My measure is, can I get to my sister's house? Can I drive to my sister's house on one charge? That's 220 miles away. So that's my measure. So on range, things are also improving. Let's talk about something close to my heart. My daughter owns a 15-year-old Citroen C1. It's not a fancy car. It's very basic, but it has staying power. This C1 was registered in 2008 on the date that my son was born, and it still passes its MOT, even though it's got high mileage. High mileage means it's done a lot of miles. It just keeps going. It's like a good old friend, reliable and trustworthy. And there is something environmentally friendly about old cars. There's a massive overhead in the manufacture. Think of all the metal and plastic that goes into making a car, and then the energy used to recycle a car at the end of its life. Clearly, if you can keep the car running for 15 or 20 years, this overhead is reduced. Could an EV be your long-term companion in the same way? Well, the limiting factor here has been the battery, the life of the battery. The battery, B-A-T-T-E-R-Y, is the power cell. It's the same as the battery in your mobile phone or laptop, just much bigger for a car. If the battery life is limited, this used to limit the life of the car itself. And the batteries in EVs become less usable with time. They don't hold as much charge and they don't go as far. However, manufacturers are now claiming that the batteries with newer technology do last a long time. For example, Nissan claims that the battery in the Nissan LEAF can last for up to 22 years. If that's correct, that would take one of my boxes. I'd be very happy with that. I like to keep my cars for a long time. I like to know that they're going to last. So if that's right, 22 years would be fine for me. Another of the big problems is charging stations, where you go to fill up with electricity. Although the numbers of charging stations are increasing, there are still nowhere near enough of them. If you have a driveway, then you could consider having the charge point installed on your drive so that you can charge your car overnight. But if you park on the street, then clearly that's not possible. And if you're out and about, you'll be looking for a charging station. Apparently, the UK has one public charger for every 36 electric vehicles on the road. But of course, there aren't that many electric vehicles on the road yet. And we're missing targets on the numbers that need to be installed so that we're ready for 2030. The Guardian article, for which I've included the link, points out that there are 145 charging stations in London per 100,000 people. That doesn't sound too bad. But if you look at the same statistic for the northwest of England, 33 charging stations per 100,000 people. That's just not enough. Can you imagine the stress of trying to find a charge point and your vehicle battery is running low or arriving at the charging point and finding there's a two-hour queue to charge your vehicle? Ah, don't want that. 
Also problematic, our supply of electricity in the UK comes from the national grid. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-A-L-G-R-I-D. If gradually all of our road transport comes to be electric and dependent upon electricity, that's going to create a huge demand. And it's a demand that we can't currently meet. Will the infrastructure be there by 2030 to generate all that electricity? It's not clear how we're going to do that. And surely the electricity must be cleanly produced. There's no point running electric vehicles off electricity that was generated in a coal-fired power station. Now, I'm just going to mention two other big concerns that need to be addressed before everyone is using electric vehicles. These concerns are important ones. Many of the things I've listed concern the experience of the car driver and how usable the vehicles are. But there are perhaps more pressing concerns than these. Electric cars currently have lithium batteries. That's L-I-T-H-I-U-M. And that is an element. It's L-I on the periodic table, lithium. More correctly, they're lithium-ion batteries. I-O-N. And the problems that come with lithium batteries are set to grow as EV ownership increases. Lithium is mined in countries like Argentina, Bolivia and Chile. And the process of mining is very damaging to the environment in those countries. To mine, M-I-N-E, means to extract from the ground. And the process is called mining, M-I-N-I-N-G. So the process of lithium mining is damaging to the environment in a number of ways. Partly, it's the huge amount of water used. 65% of the local water supply is needed to be pumped into the ground to mine the lithium. This has an impact on local people and local farmers who then struggle to grow their crops. There's not enough water. There's also a risk that toxic chemicals like hydrochloric acid can leak from the mining process into the water supply, the water supply that people drink. Local people in these countries in South America have quite understandably started to protest about this. I wonder whether the people owning EVs are aware of this environmental cost and this impact on people. Also problematic are other components of the EV battery. One of them is cobalt, again, another element on the periodic table, CO this time. Cobalt, C-O-B-A-L-T, has been found mainly in the Democratic Republic of Congo and Central Africa. According to an article, again in The Guardian, the UK newspaper, lung disease and heart failure have been linked to high levels of cobalt, while the mines that produce it are blamed for devastated landscapes, water pollution, contaminated crops and a loss of soil fertility. Another of the problems is that child labour is used to extract the cobalt from the ground. Child labour, that means children working under forced conditions with toxic chemicals. Child labour and unacceptable compromise to the environment are more likely to happen and to be tolerated in poor countries, in countries where there's not much money. Surely this isn't something that electric vehicle owners want on their conscience. We already have lithium batteries in our phones and laptops, of course. But clearly, if we all move to electric vehicles, this problem is just going to get worse. Apparently, work is ongoing by some manufacturers to develop different types of battery which use different components. Let's hope we can get to something more sustainable. 
and stop doing damage to the regions of the world that I've mentioned. It's not fair for the developed world to be congratulating itself on its use of EVs while people in Africa and South America suffer the consequences. Another problem which has emerged in recent years concerns the safety of electric car batteries and the problem of fires. Did you hear about the Fremantle Highway? This was a ferry, F-E-R-R-Y, a big boat that was transporting nearly 4,000 cars from Germany to Egypt. It caught fire while at sea. The boat was carrying 3,783 new cars, 498 of which were electric vehicles. The fire is believed to have started in one of the EVs and electric vehicle fires are notoriously difficult to put out. One person died and 22 crew members were rescued. The Fremantle Highway is not the only incident of this type. In March 2022, a boat called Felicity Ace sank in the Atlantic near the Azores after a vehicle fire, again believed to be started by an EV. This boat actually sank and again crew members had to be rescued. There are numerous accounts of electric vehicles seemingly spontaneously bursting into flames. The fire spreads quickly perhaps even to other vehicles parked alongside, and it's very difficult to put out. I can't imagine owning an EV and confidently parking it in my garage underneath the house when there are bedrooms on top of the garage. This problem must be addressed before electric vehicles are more widely owned. The problem is reported by UK organisation CE Safety, who collect data on such matters. Apparently, they happen in electric cars and in electric motor scooters, with even electric buses catching fire too. The biggest problem has been in London, where of course there is the greatest density of EVs. As of 2022, CE reported that there'd been 735 call-outs due to EV fires across 29 fire and rescue services in Britain since 2017. As I've said before, I'm really clear. I'd love to own an electric car that was safe, practical, affordable and truly environmentally friendly in all ways. I'd be really pleased with that. Let's hope that governments and manufacturers continue to improve EVs and that by 2030 we can actually get there. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your opinion. Enough for now. Have a lovely day. Speak to you again soon. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. Please help me tell others about this podcast by reviewing or rating it. And please share it on social media. You can find more listening lessons and a free English course at adeptenglish.com.